Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. All eyes are on our television screens, all eyes and ears are on our radio stations and platforms. We will be taking that uh, speech live right here on SAFM. If and when it comes through, the president is scheduled to speak to the nation. He wants to address a couple of things, one of which is gender-based violence and the other, I think, will be the xenophobic uh, attacks. And I don't know if that's the right term, but attacks on foreign nationals. Um, he did step out of WEF because the, the the moment calls for it and he is going to be speaking to us in a short while we'll bring that to you live but i want to hear from you what is it that you want to hear from the president what is going to make you sleep better tonight what is going to settle the mood in the country as we see it right now oh eight nine one one oh four two oh seven i'll go to mr pele in the eastern cape good afternoon mr pele yes how are you good good thanks for calling uh, look, um, I am an MBL for the Eastern Cape Legislature, but I'm speaking on my private capacity. Okay. I am. I want to say that it is not my expectation. Mm-hmm. I personally believe that the, the president, the honourable president, is going to speak about the decisive steps he's going to take, how he's going to deal with situations where uh, people are taking advantage of the situation. Uh, the crime situation here has been completely changed in a in a different mode, you know. On one side, some realities are happening. On the other side, also the social media and other medias are also spreading other things. So he will definitely indicate that, how is he going to deal that. Secondly, definitely the cohesiveness among the society is very needed. And that is what is we are lacking. Definitely he will indicate to us that people need to be cohesive in the sense that they understand what is happening, you know. Be it happening in Nigeria, be it happening in South Africa, we are one people. Of course, we need to deal with the criminal elements that way. So I I personally feel that there will be stern messages coming from him talking about it and partly about the violence. I am sure that violence cannot be treated by using violence. So definitely there is that atmosphere and environment he will request from all of us South Africans. We need to come together, we need to support, we need to support the, without being, finding about our own different categories we represent, different sectors we represent, we should be one. I think these are the things he's going to speak underlining current, you know, today. Thanks very much for that and I want to just read some of your tweets coming through. Um Africa has sent a tweet and he says, I want three things from uh, CR. Number one is to announce the date in which all illegal foreigners must go and then apply for coming back to SA. Number two, when is constitution amendment to allow the death penalty for such deserving criminals? And number three, when are all corrupt politicians and officials getting arrested? That's uh, the one tweet there. And another tweet says, uh, this is coming from Free King Dalinye. The mainstream media must not try to protect Maramaposa by spinning and issuing complimentary headlines to show that things are being done to stop the burning of the country. We want to hear genuine action, including putting Kehlas Tole on notice. That's some of your tweets coming through. I'll continue to take those calls. Let me go to Mohammed in Newcastle. Hi, Mohammed. Mohammed, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you listening? Yes, I'm right here, Mohammed. Go ahead. Yes. I just want to put something forward about uh, this, what's going on these days. Mm. And uh, not only foreigners, it is South Africans also, they are affected on these situations. At least foreigners, if, they, if, if 
they chased, they got away, they got a home to go back. But South Africans, they don't have no home. It is their home. And this problem seems to start. The same thing has happened with South Africans and with the foreigners. The criminals, they are stealing, they are looting all what belongs to people. They don't choose which one is for foreigners, mm. which one is for South Africans. They don't choose. They are stealing. So everyone in South Africa is affected. So, so what do you want to and hear the, from the president, Mohammed? What, what's going to settle all of our nerves once he starts speaking? I wanted the president to assure for South Africans and for foreigners to give assurance that he will stand against the criminals. Yeah, well, Mohammed, thanks very much for that call. You're calling us from Newcastle. Mrs. Maroon, you're calling us from yes. Durban. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for calling, Mrs. Maroon. Yes, thank you. Um, look, to be very honest, I'm a straight talker. I get into trouble for it. There is <laughs> right. nothing the man can say because we're not interested in flippant rubbish talk. We are interested in action. So there's nothing the man can say that will make me sleep mm. at night. Mm. My dogs make me sleep at night. Hey. And the South Africa is my only home. Mm. And this business of asking on all the forms, uh, what's your race group? Black, white, colored, Indian, blah, blah, fish paste. I'm an African. For the census? I'm a white, but I'm an African. For the census? Why do they keep on asking what your race group is? They keep on bringing up horrible thoughts when they ask on every single form, whether it be at a varsity, telephone line, um, Anyway, it doesn't matter. What's your race group? Black, white, colored, Indian. Well, actually, I'm an African. That's how I see myself. I'm not black. I'm not white. But they keep on asking and, and causing us to, to keep racism alive. Mrs. Maroon there saying, well, there's nothing he can say that's going to settle her nerves today. Here's another one, uh, another tweet coming through from Jack Pagati. He says, I want to hear the president say that he's going to stop wasting money running around the world, begging investors to come here, that he's going to use that money to deal decisively with crime and uh, investors will come on their own to a safe country without being begged to come to this country. Well, that's all of your comments. 891 at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. We now go into looking at disability as we do every single Thursday at this time. And it is one of those disabilities that people, I don't know, I think, you know, you kind of uh, know that it's an issue, but people kind of, you know, gloss over it. That's the kind of uh, sense that I get. Um, and uh, there is something wonderful happening. There is a space that's been opened uh, for students. And uh, this is something that I wanted to share with you at the University of the Western Cape. Mrs. Letitia Permal, he's a director of Center for Student Support Services, registered educational psychologist. That's a mouthful. She's on the line with me. Good afternoon, Mrs. Permal. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I am well. It's good to talk about good news for a change, and you are bringing good yes. news to us. Um, you are Absolutely. opening a new center. The West in in your in your campus, there is a new center that you're opening. Tell us all about it. So, um, historically, our office for students with disabilities has been on the second floor of our uh, community health um, spaces. But um, we are really pleased to inform everyone 
that we've just opened a ground floor space for our office for students with disabilities. So um, thank you for putting it out there that there'll be a center soon. But at the moment, we fully occupy an entire ground floor space. Okay, so basically, um, this is just making it more accessible and so that you can manage mobility and everything like that. That's correct. And um, yes, so so we are incredibly excited. Um, You know, it's been a long journey. The the Office of Students with Disabilities at at the University of the Western Cape um, actually was opened in 1996 Mm -hmm. by um, Evacne Abrams, who was just retired. And... Um, the fact that just upon her retirement, she's literally just retired and we opened the ground floor space with her leaving and a new manager starting. So it's a profound moment for us. Um, she started with one student who came to her who was blind and, and was struggling with just being able to read. And she actually... She went to the Atlanta School for the Blind and Green. That was the first relationship and the first student was assisted back in 1996. And now we have an entire ground floor and we have 212 students who, um, with a range of disabilities, now accessing this this um, fully universally accessible space. Well, what are the numbers that we're talking? How many uh, uh, students that are living with disability that you host there at the campus? So, so remember, um, not all students disclose their disability. Mm. So the number I'm referring to is only the number of students who have actually come to the center and they have registered with us to say, I have a disability, I need support. Mm-hmm. There is something about help-seeking behavior that I think within higher education is still a problem, whether it's mental health or disability. Um, but so, so at the moment, we have 212 students registered with that department. And, and how was it before this? You know, you, you, I mean, I'm listening to you and you're saying that this started quite way back, but to eventually yes. to get to this point where you are able to, to move the entire floor to the ground. I mean, it's absurd yes. that it's taken so much red tape, I suppose, to do something yes. as simple as moving the students to a ground floor. You, you need to understand that um, universities are a microcosm of society. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the issue of inclusivity and universal access, um, we'll, we'll see that there is very little attention given to marginalized groups, mm-hmm. and in this case, students with disability. Mm-hmm. But the University of the Western Cape has really shown that um, you know, we know that there's a new uh, disability, um, there's a policy framework for, for uh, persons with disability, mm-hmm. and the University of the Western Cape has really practiced its commitment to making learning, opening the doors of learning for students with disabilities. So the, the ground floor space is, is really a, a powerful recognition to students to say that um, access without support is not an opportunity. Mm. Mm. 
And I mean, are you officially opening up the the ground floor? Is there a, like a little yes. ribbon cutting situation happening? Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, we we on Monday, the second of September, we we did the official ribbon cutting ceremony. Um, and as I say, it was just such a profound moment for students. Um, this is taking recognition and inclusivity to another level because I believe that when you give people physical access. Yeah. It is the first step to show them that we recognize you, we respect you, yeah. um, and we are responding to the unique needs that you have. So, so for those who you know who haven't gotten to this point of your journey, um, I, yes. I just want to get a sense from. And this is obviously not a criticism. This is just, as you said, you know, universities are a microcosm of our societies. Mm-hmm. What what was it? Was it was it a budget constraints? What what was it? Attitudes? Was it red tape? What what was it? What took what took so long to get something as just moving a floor to happen? Okay, so. I think I, I, I can say all of the above. Mm. Um, look, I think our reality is that the academic project remains the primary focus of our education. And so um, we find that, you know, the focus is really on um, making sure that there are enough lecture halls and mm. access to those spaces. And so a lot of money goes into making sure that uh, learning spaces are for the majority of students. Um, and I must say, what has happened at the University of the Western Cape would not have been possible without support services partnering with students. Gotcha. So we have the, you know, the, the Association for Students with Disabilities, and we have partnered, and we have continued to engage with our executive and stakeholders and the Department of Higher Education and Training. And it's through that ongoing engagement that I think eventually the voices were heard and the recognition for the work that has also been done by the the, the, the team of, of staff at the Office for Students with Disabilities. I think it's a collective um, commitment and a collective call for action as we are currently seeing with the, the gender-based violence. Yes. The, I find that when people come together and there's a collective call for action, um, you find things changing. I'm going to have to leave it there. Really appreciate it and, and good on you, Mrs. Letitia Pamal, who's a director the Centre for Student Support Services Registered Educational Psychologist at the University of the Western Cape. Just gone 2 o'clock. Let's get the very latest from Utsi Letzako.